and welcome to A Chronic Glow Show. I'm Amy and I'm a mindset coach for chronic illness warriors who want to unleash their potential and take back control of their life. In this podcast, you will learn how to create a life you love and deserve all while living with your chronic illness. So grab a cup of tea and let's dive straight in. Welcome back to another episode of A Chronic Glow. I'm so excited to have Abby from Cheerfully Live. It is Live, isn't it? Cheerfully yeah. Live. Yeah. We can talk about that in a minute. Um, and she's coming on and we're going to talk all about women's health, body confidence, all relating to having a chronic illness. So I'm going to hand you over to Abby and let her introduce herself. Hi, so I'm Abby. Um, I'm also known as Cheerfully Live on Instagram. I'm from a little town in Cambridgeshire. I live with my husband and my cat Luna and I'm a blogger and content creator over on Instagram but I also do a bit of product photography um, for different brands um, with my Instagram being Creative Bloom Studios. So what chronic illnesses do you have when we diagnose or what's your journey been like so far? So I have endometriosis, which is the one I was first diagnosed with. I was actually diagnosed by MRI scan back in May 2019. Um, it's been quite a long journey though, of about nine, ten years of just constant really bad period pain and bleeding and pain in between my periods so it's been a very long journey to get to where I am now. Um, I was also diagnosed with fibromyalgia in about June, July time last year um, and then costochondritis as well this year. So can you tell us a little bit more about what each of those actually are for anybody listening who doesn't know? Yeah that's fine so endometriosis is where the tissue similar to the lining of the womb grows outside so it can grow on the uterus on the ovaries on the bowel blood so it can grow on lots of different organs it causes bleeding and then forms scar tissue which causes a lot of pain um, a lot of my different symptoms are chronic pelvic pain ibs type symptoms pain going to the toilet, either when I'm passing a bowel movement or passing urine, pain with sex, irregular heavy bleeding. So yeah, it causes a lot more than just a bad period. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going, well, I'm kind of undergoing investigation, I guess you could say, for endo. Yeah. So I definitely can relate to a lot of those symptoms. It was the bleeding for me that I had that for over a year. Um, and it's like an intensity that you never ever would imagine with bleeding like it's just like take a period and quadruple it yeah it really is horrid um yeah. yeah i think people don't realize that there's a lot of other symptoms and i think some of the things that i've struggled with is horrendous fatigue and brain fog as well but i didn't realize how debilitating those symptoms were until my endometriosis became chronic and i've had to deal with them every single day and it is really really and I think it's one of those ones that can quite often get misdiagnosed with something else because there's a lot of like with the pain you can get diagnosed with lots of different things lots of things can cause pain um yeah. or it can be passed off as like a bad period like oh you just get bad periods and it's so much more than just that yeah I mean that's what my doctors thought for so many years I was back and forth to my GP and they were just like no, that's bad it's a bad period um they put me on the pill 
when I was about 16, I think, and I've just been on that ever since. But when my pain became chronic, they actually finally investigated it. But at first they thought I had IBS and that was it. Mm. And it wasn't until I pushed for an MRI scan that I was actually diagnosed with quite yeah. severe crisis. Tell us a little bit about your life sort of pre-chronic illness, sort of what did you get up to? What were you like? How were you working? Did you go to uni? How did you meet your husband? Just like a little bit of background. Yeah, so I met my husband when I was at uni. I was studying to do nursing, so I was studying to be a children's nurse. Um, and I met my husband at the Christian Union because I'm also a Christian. Um, and yeah, we, I mean, I was in my first year, he was in his second year. And um, we literally just met in the October and we were together by December. So things just clicked and kind of we got to know each other. It was really lovely. But obviously my course was very intense. Um, I was doing a lot of shift work as well as obviously completing an academic degree. So yeah, it was really hard. But after I graduated, I went on to work at Adam Brooks Hospital in Cambridge, which is like a major trauma centre. Um, I worked on a children's cancer ward, um, looking after lots of different children with lots of different cancers. And if I'm honest, that was a really, really draining job. Mm. Um, it was very emotionally exhausting as well as physically exhausting. I would work 13 hour shifts, four times a week. Um, a lot of the times not having a break until 5, 6pm in the evening. Oh my goodness. So yeah, it was very, very draining. And if, if I'm honest, I loved caring for the children, but I didn't enjoy um, the workplace and the stress that came with it. Yeah. So eventually moved into community nursing and absolutely fell in love with that. But unfortunately, after two months, I then became chronically ill and actually had to leave that job. So it was really sad because <laughs> I really love it. Yeah. Aww. I feel like um, nursing is one of those, it just, it's such an emotional toll on your health as well. I think um, it's one of those things that is underestimated. Yeah, and I think what I realised was I wasn't actually looking after myself in the best possible way. Um, I, like, because I finished at like 9pm, I would get home, not eat a proper meal, go to sleep, wake up at 4.35am in the morning to drive to work and... I just wasn't living the best life, like lifestyle that I possibly could. And I think that's something that chronic illness has really taught me. It's taught me yeah. to actually look after myself better. Yeah. Put yourself first. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, let's talk a little bit more about sort of your journey with body confidence, mm -hmm. either before coming, becoming chronically ill or during, after. So... I would say that I struggled for a lot of my life, especially as a child, as a teenager. Um, I kind of felt like at school I wasn't really accepted into a kind of friendship group. I didn't really fit in. Um, and I think that probably made me feel like I, because I wasn't the prettiest or the funniest or the coolest, that I just didn't really fit in. I think that made me feel quite bad about myself, I think. Um, so yeah, for many years, I just didn't feel very accepted. Um, but I think as I became an adult, I started to realise that my worth isn't defined by what I look like or how I act. But I think there were still underlying things that I just didn't really feel very good about my body. Mm. Um, 
I think especially when I became chronically ill, it was a real struggle um, at first. Um, I really struggled with kind of like having all this pain but not having a diagnosis. And so I would kind of spend so much time looking at my body and thinking, why is it doing this to me? Why am I going through this? Um, and yeah, it was really, really hard. But I think something clicked in me and I kind of realised how amazing my body was that actually everything I was going through and my body was still functioning. Um, yeah, and it was just really amazing. And I kind of started to realise how beautiful and wonderful my body is. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I do think when you get um, chronically ill, I've definitely gone through the like, oh, my body hates me. Like, it's not working for me. Like, everything, like, it's working against me kind of thing. And actually coming to realise that your illness and your body are two separate things. And actually your body is is working for you. Like, it's, it's trying its best to work for you. The illness is completely separate. I think that really helps sort of mentally to see it from a place of love rather than like this frustration and hate that you get when you become chronically ill yeah absolutely I totally agree I think when I first got chronically ill I think I became really really anxious about how I felt in my body and I kind of felt like that everyone on the outside could see that my body was like failing me that's, I don't know if that's a very weird thing to say yeah, but I, I can appreciate that yeah and I felt so anxious that I I didn't want to go out I didn't leave my house for so many months and I kind of even got to a point where I felt like I wasn't deserving of food and even though I didn't ever act on those thoughts they were still very much there and present and I think that was something that was very hard and challenging to work through and it's easy to see how someone can suddenly take that further and and start acting on those isn't it yeah it's scary it's scary when you have those thoughts because you feel like you could so easily act on them but yeah it's really hard I remember when I first got ill so this was when I was back well I got diagnosed with ME when I was 18 that sort of month or so after being diagnosed I I just I was like what's the point like I just couldn't see a way forward and I just kind of kept thinking about everything that I wanted and dreamed of is basically disappeared like I feel like I've been served this sort of life sentence like what is the point um and as you say like I never acted and went took that further I just felt a bit shit like I just felt a bit sort of meh and like what's the point and got a bit down um but it's really easy to see how somebody could feel even worse and 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 get really sort of quite mentally ill with that um yeah. and I think it's it's really important when you get diagnosed with like a physical chronic illness that the mental health side of things isn't ignored because it is such a drain on both of them. Absolutely. Like, I think I was quite naive in the beginning. I thought like, oh, it's like just my physical health, my mental health won't be affected. But then like a few months down the line, I was really, really struggling. And I think it's actually really crazy that you go to all these doctors and they're helping you with your physical health, but nobody ever recommended to me that I should have counselling or that I should seek help for my mental health actually that was just completely ignored it was just my physical symptoms that were being helped and I think it wasn't until my workplace that I was under at the time they actually suggested that I go for counselling 
Oh, that's so good. Um, I remember when I was first diagnosed, they they sent me to a CBT. Um, and the issue I had with it, because I feel like if I'd gone and they were doing the counselling in terms of you've got a chronic illness, let's support your mental health, that would be that would have been really useful. But they did it from a place of, are you sure you've really got this chronic illness? Are you sure it's not depression instead? And I think it's really important to acknowledge that quite often for a lot of us with chronic illness, it is the physical illness that comes first, which then causes mental health problems, not the other way around. And I think trying to explain physical symptoms all the time with like depression or anxiety, and I'm not saying that you can't have physical symptoms from those things, but I think you've got to appreciate that not everybody is going to have like a mental health, which then shows up physically sometimes it is the other way around and it's having the counseling and having the support with the chronic illness in mind, not just like eradicating it and let's just focus. It's like, and it's the same, the doctors, they can't just focus on the physical. We also need to focus on the mental. Like it, it both goes both ways. It's links, doesn't it? And it's so important to focus on both. And I think I'm very lucky because I had a very good experience with CBT. So I had counseling first and then I went on to have CBT after I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and yeah I think my experience with CBT was really really helpful because I think they understood that I had this chronic illness but then they also kind of really tailored my CBT towards anxiety and depression which is what I was really struggling with but in all of that they kind of related that back to my chronic illness and were able to help with both sides of it so it was really really helpful. Yeah that's really good. So how do you think sort of or why do you think self-love and body confidence is so important when you've got a chronic illness or what what's been the biggest thing for you so self-love and body confidence is just so important I think for me personally it has really kind of taken the strain off my relationship with my husband I think before when I was really struggling with my body he would feel like he had to affirm me and had to kind of always build me up because I couldn't do that myself whereas now I can affirm myself and build myself up and so when he compliments me I can just take that in and be like thank you lovely rather than him feeling pressure to do that for me yeah so that's why it's been so important for me but also that I've realized that my worth does not depend on what I look like or who I am that actually it's much more than that and yeah but I am enough and yeah, I'm enough. Who I, I am. like um, a lot of it is self-love and body confidence. A lot of people think it's, it's just on the outside. Like it's like you love your body and yes, there is that, but actually it's a lot of inner work. And I feel like if you actually genuinely love every part and I mean, I talk about sort of gratitude and feeling gratitude for a chronic illness and like I get messages being like what are you talking about why like how can you be grateful for something that's caused so much pain and I'm like it's just it's a mindset shift and I feel like finding the things that you are grateful for and loving even the negative parts of you and finding that sort of gratitude in it can just make such a difference it can just really lift you up and help you focus on what is really important rather than on what's not and the negative stuff yeah absolutely I totally agree um yeah 
it's amazing it definitely is not just about the outside it's all about the inside as well and just loving you as a complete whole person that actually knows that whatever you're like whatever your character traits are like whatever your body looks like those things do not completely define you and if anyone says anything negative about them then I just think brush that off and just be <laughs> because you're amazing just as you are yeah exactly and I, I think as well like to, to me I want to be able to love myself and my body the way that my husband loves me and my body and I think it's a it is difficult and it is it's a it's a journey like it doesn't happen overnight but I think if you start to try and see you yourself from the eyes of somebody who loves you then that really does like for me that that made such a difference when you know as you were saying like when your husband was sort of having to affirm you and and give you the compliments to build you up I would try and listen to that and really take it in and think okay why can't I feel like that why can't I feel like that by myself because if my husband feels that for me then I should be able to feel that for me as well so having that support there really helps to actually find self-love and I'm not saying that you need to find self-love through somebody else but that can if you like view yourself almost through that lens it can really help like see yourself from an outside point of view and sort of thing and I think we all have somebody in our life whoever that is whether that's a teacher we look up to whether that's a friend a family member a partner we all have somebody in our life who says positive things about us and actually we can we just need to listen to them and take that on because I think it's so easy to get a compliment and brush that off or not really actually take it in but actually we need to take time to actually think about that and yeah yeah, I am good enough yeah definitely and it's not it's not like arrogant or self-obsessed in any way and it's it's literally just finding self-love and it's it's Mm -hmm. finding that like true inner love for yourself that means that you can work on yourself and improve your mindset and move forward and overcome all those challenges and that all needs to come from a place of love rather than a place of hate and frustration absolutely so you started a weekly series on instagram which is amazing so if anybody wants to go and watch um abby's weekly series chronic convos it's on a friday friday morning yeah yeah so every Friday and it's usually somebody else or you or you've had your husband on as well haven't you so can we sort of talk about that and how that's helping sort of raise awareness for women's health yeah of course so chronic convos is a weekly series where I kind of share different people's chronic illnesses or mental health struggles um, and we just kind of like talk about it raise a bit of awareness and I I kind of hoped when I started it was that it would be raising awareness for different chronic illnesses that don't really get talked about or people don't really understand about or even chronic illnesses that loads of people have but not many people know about them because even in process one in ten women have have it but hardly anyone knows about it I think it's just really important to raise that awareness so that we understand more of what other people are going through and especially as it's an invisible illness a lot of the time and we don't really see what people are going through but to hear other people's experiences it's really really helpful even for me I've been learning so much through hearing other experiences um 
yeah I think I think for women's health as well it's I mean obviously you know there's a lot of chronic illnesses that aren't women's health specifically mm -hmm. but I think when it comes to this they can it can be dismissed really really easily like oh she's just hormonal or oh it's just a bad period get over it or um you know and I feel like actually there is a lot of awareness that we need to raise about women's health because the more we keep dismissing actually quite serious symptoms the more mm. illnesses aren't then being diagnosed because for endometriosis is the diagnosis time like what eight years or something eight years yeah yeah which is just crazy like that it just baffles me that eight years is some how long someone needs to suffer before they can actually get a diagnosis and then move forward i think it just makes people feel so dismissed and like what they're actually going through is all in their head i know for me um i really felt like everything that i was experiencing was just in my head and it wasn't until i actually had the diagnosis that i was like this is actually happening to me like something is actually wrong with me um and yeah i just we just need to start talking about it i think it's become such a a stigma and something that people just feel embarrassed to talk about it but we shouldn't feel embarrassed to talk about periods or vaginas or things like that because they're just normal yeah it's just part of our life it's you know it's our body um yeah. and I, I think um as well when it comes to women's health there's a lot of sort of there's well there's not really that much in the grand scheme of things that can be done i mean I know from my experience it's offering birth control or some sort of contraception to manage symptoms or recently in the past year I've been told by multiple doctors oh once you have a baby that'll solve everything and I'm like okay but what if I don't want but I mean I do want to have children at some point but what if I don't want them right now what if I didn't want them at all you know there's so many different things and I think it, it can be quite damaging to just oh we'll go on the pill and you know i would say well i don't really want to go on the pill oh right okay well are you wanting to get pregnant and it's like this if you don't want to go on the pill or you don't want hormonal contraception or whatever you then obviously you must be actively trying to get pregnant yeah. um, and that yeah. will solve it so no worries there's your two options one or the other it's just absolutely crazy i mean i've spoken to a couple of other women and they've told me things like their GP told them to go and have a baby when they were 15 years old. And I'm like, how, how is that appropriate advice to somebody who is now going to spend the rest of their life worrying that they're either not going to be able to have children because they have something wrong with them or that children having a baby is going to cure them. And actually, maybe for some women it helps, but that's not a cure. That's not something we should be prescribing. Um, it's just it's just so inappropriate i just can't go over how much false information is given out to women and the thing is i think what what's forgotten is that yeah okay i could get pregnant i could have a baby and and because i've heard it sort of resets your hormones and everything and okay fair enough but what about the emotional turmoil that you have to go through to potentially get pregnant because if you've got these symptoms and these conditions that make it harder to get pregnant that can cause such emotional turmoil and such a burden on you and then you're feeling that pressure of not only do i want a child but actually this is going to help me this is going to save me from my chronic illness and i then think it's what, so damaging 
exactly. And what happens if you then are infertile or can't have children? You're going to feel constantly guilty that you're the one that has damaged your body because you can't get pregnant, mm. that you're never going to be fixed or you're never going to be cured because you can't have children. And yeah, it's just traumatizing. It yeah, really is. It really is. Yeah. I think Endometriosis UK are doing some really great things. So recently they have worked with government to bring out this um this um APPG inquiry. I was trying to remember the name then. Um yeah, so the APPG inquiry is all about kind of providing new opportunities for research and kind of more time to be spent into researching women's health and endometriosis because we still don't know what causes it. We still don't hear it or or decent treatments. I mean, the only real treatment that is meant to help is excision surgery, which in itself is quite large and not everyone has access to that as well. So I really hope with the APBG inquiry that it will just bring about some change that finally doctors can be educated, um, children in schools can be educated around periods and endometriosis, PCOS, all the different things that are just not normal. So I change will come eventually. I think it is coming and I think there's been, um, you know, with social media and so many people having the platform to be able to speak about this, um, you know, we're, we are, I'm starting to see it being talked about, but it's just whether or not change will come. And I think that's the most important um, that the change in actually in the NHS or in the medical world comes um because we can all talk about it if we've got it and that's amazing and it raises awareness but if it's not actually changing within the system then there's still a, a problem there isn't there yeah exactly so what has helped you feel more in control and more empowered with your life sort of what things have you done that have helped with those things so i think Firstly, for me, it would actually be my faith. Um, my faith has been a huge part of kind of feeling content with who I am. Um, I actually did a Freedom in Christ course where kind of I laid down everything, all my struggles, all my pain, um, all my burdens and my failings and everything I felt like I was just not doing well in life. And I've never felt so much freedom from that. Um, I think also counseling and talking has been so beneficial for me um just having someone that maybe wasn't related to me having someone just completely out of the picture to talk to and to give advice and yeah it has just really helped me process a lot of those feelings that come with having a chronic illness um also journaling love journaling yeah. <laughs> same with you on that it's amazing um you can just write down everything you're feeling, just get it out and you feel so much lighter afterwards. So, um, And then I think lastly, just getting used to your body. So I just stand in front of a mirror, either naked or <laughs> in my underwear and just say some positive things to myself because we all need to hear those things. And especially on days when you're really struggling, just standing in front of that mirror and being like, I am beautiful my body does not define me and these are the things that I love about myself is just so empowering and really really helpful yeah. and even if nothing physically that you like about your body that day 
still stand in front of the mirror and name those things that you love about your characteristics so that you're kind you're loving empathetic whatever that is I think that's amazing I feel like that's definitely something I need to do I was thinking about this last night because I realized that actually especially with not really having to leave the house with lockdown it's become very easy for me to not look in the mirror um Mm -hmm. you know usually before I'd go to work I'd look in the mirror you know as you do before you leave the house make sure your outfit looks okay and everything and since lockdown I really haven't done that because I'm just in the house and I think that's really distorted things for me because I'm and things are coming up and I'm like oh where did this come from and I realized that it's because I'm not actually looking at myself in the mirror which it sounds so silly but I think it's such a powerful way to start to find love within yourself is to actually look in the mirror and and see you and your body for what it really is rather than what you're thinking it is yeah and I think it's just about getting used to what your body looks like as well definitely finding acceptance with that yeah to actually what our bodies look like and when we realize how much they do for us the fact that our brain controls so many things we don't have to think about like the heart beating like our gut movements everything like it's so amazing and when we start to realize just those little things I think we start to fall more in love definitely this has been such an amazing conversation so I really hope everyone from that's listening has found something within that's been really helpful I definitely have um chatting has been so amazing I mean even just talking about everything that we struggle with and how we've overcome it can be so empowering can't it um so just to finish off um I'm asking everybody that comes on this question what would be your biggest advice to someone who has just been diagnosed with a chronic illness? Okay, I think I have two pieces of advice because I think they're equally important. Um, but the first one is getting yourself involved in the chronic illness community. I can't express how helpful it's been for me. Um, I think you can feel a lot of loneliness and a lot of isolation when you're first diagnosed. So yeah, definitely find your community, whether that be from an in-person support group when they're back up and running again um, or online on Instagram on Facebook there's so many different groups for endometriosis Um, and then secondly research and advocate for yourself I think it's so important to know your stuff about your illness um, and kind of what treatment and how you can support all of that and what is best for you as well because not everything that other people have is going to be best for you and unfortunately sometimes we have to be the experts in our realness to be able to advocate for ourselves yeah i completely agree with both of those they've been game changing both of for me as well so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your advice and your journey and your experience it's been incredible Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of A Chronic Glow Show. I really hope you enjoyed the episode and feel much more empowered to take back control, say hello to a more positive and healthy mindset and start living your best life with a chronic illness. Before you go, I'd be so, so grateful if you could spend just a couple of seconds to leave a review on iTunes and subscribe to my podcast if you haven't already. I really, really appreciate all your support and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.